Uh, what was I? What was I gonna mention? Um, so I guess we could kind of talk about which ones we were disappointed by in the MCU. Um, I don't know. What you can go. I want to let you start on this one. Um, which ones okay. were you kind of just let down by? Well, because yours um, is gonna be grounded in more reason than mine. Mine is just gonna be <laughs> stupid. It was a stupid so, movie. I have a feeling that we're gonna agree on at least half of this. Okay. Um, so honest to goodness, I think I think Ant Man and the Wasp Ugh. might might be the most disappointing. Well, it's, see, disappointing is where you're tripping me up because disappointing implies that there is expectations. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and when it comes to Ant Man or Ant Man and the Wasp. I had none. I had none. I'm not going to so say So I, disapp- I couldn't have been disappointed by those. Yeah, but They're the- not very good. <laughs> but I, I'm going to be honest with you. I've gone into every Marvel movie not wanting to like it, except for Guardians of the Galaxy 2. That was the only one that I went into expecting it to be good. Okay. I've gone into because every... Because you'd already seen the first one. Yeah, I'm like, oh, this is going to be really good. And it, 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 yeah. uh, it, it was good. Um, so in terms of disappointing i need to chew on that for a bit but i didn't want to watch ant-man i didn't think it was going to be good and i was 100 percent correct yeah that's what happened to me and ant-man the wasp i think is slightly worse i could believe it because i saw that not too long ago and i can't fucking remember it i i can't remember like anything. No, i can't remember a fucking thing from it it's pretty sad because i'm usually very sharp about these kind of things but in terms of are we talking just like overall quality as films? I think just disappointments. I think overall quality, the acting, the choice in that character, like that superhero, like making a standalone film with that character, like Ant Man. Okay. okay, okay. Um, um, in that casting, case, in that case, um, Ant Man and the Wasp. Uh, but if we're if we're just looking at overall quality as films not not like without any context or anything in terms of when they were made the incredible hulk i think is the worst for okay. me anyway is that edward norton or eric bana that would be ed norton okay his sole entry in the marvel cinematic universe um yeah i think the incredible hulk is the worst of the lot um and that's somewhat unfair though because it was made in a totally different environment. Um, as far as I know, it was in production when Iron Man was being filmed. So the the whole concept of the Marvel Cinematic Universe wasn't crystallized yet. So I, I think the uh, this there's two scenes. There's like two scenes in the whole movie, and maybe a couple of shots here and there of some Stark Industries signage. Mm-hmm. Other than the signage, that could have been added in digitally during the editing process and post production. Uh, other than that, there's just like one or two scenes of dialogue featuring uh, character like Tony Stark shows up for one dialogue scene, and it looks like it was just slapped on there at the last minute, and it probably was. It probably was. So while they were making the film, they probably didn't know what was going on just yet, and also the Hulk, uh, I believe Sony has joint custody over. Wow. So it was produced in this chaotic environment where it's not technically a Marvel Cinematic Universe film yet because. We haven't taken the chains off yet. We haven't fully committed to this idea just yet until the film's basically finished. So there are elements to it that feel dated, even for its time. And then the flow of the story does not cater to that uh, that universe 
that universe style storytelling where we're, we're dropping hints here and there at, at the existence of other characters in this realm. It's, it's a weird little movie that feels half-assed in a lot of ways, including special effects, which in a special effects driven film is pretty <laughs> no, fucking you, bad. Yeah. That's not what um, you want to say. It's directed by a uh, Louis Letelier, I think is how you pronounce it. He's, um, Luc Besson's like under, understudy. Oh, okay. So he's, he's a Frenchie. Um, he made, I think, uh, a lot of like parkour, uh, infused action films in France. And, uh, it shows in the choreography of some of the action scenes. Uh, uh, Tim Roth is I love Tim Roth he is such a good villain in anything you put him in he's yep. the greatest the one thing that sucks about him is that he's five foot nothing yeah he's, he's <laughs> tiny um, uh, and, and I thought that was so funny in this Incredible Hulk movie because he's supposed to be playing like a British commando like a special forces type guy Yeah, and he's supposed to have been like a super great ass soldier in his youth and in the movie, he's supposed to be like in his late forties or something. Um, he does not look like a soldier. <laughs> no, he does not. <laughs> he's five foot nothing. <laughs> a hitman at best. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and it's, it's just kind of weird watching him rub shoulders with like the rest of this commando team. That's like, hang on, he's supposed to be on the level with these guys. <laughs> it's like he's a head shorter than them, and he look he looks old. <laughs> You know, I'm not a big Ed Norton fan now that I think about it. I'm like, I mean, that's odd casting for that role, but I'm like, honestly, I don't know of any Ed Norton performances that I've really enjoyed. I've heard he's good in Rounders. I've, I mean, I've seen American History X, and as I may have mentioned before, uh, everybody in that movie was way too comfortable. Like Everybody does a really good performance in that movie. Um, almost too good, I feel like. Vicky Valancourt. Jeez. Uh, <laughs> I mean, Stacey Keach. Uh, Ethan, oh, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. What's his face? The big dude. He, he's his weight's fluctuated so much, but the big guy. Um, and then yeah, there's just everybody's just way too comfortable in that movie <laughs> in those roles. I'm like, okay, it's yeah, 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 a little bit much. Um, and then I think Fight Club. But honestly, I think the only Ed Norton movie that I enjoyed his performance was Birdman, which I don't really like that movie, but I I kind of liked his character in that movie. Yeah, I've heard he's one of the better parts of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I was really he's, let down by that. He's known to be uh, a difficult personality to manage on the set, which is, I think, why he's not in the Marvel movies going forward. Um, there's a lot of weird little quirks in The Incredible Hulk that feel like it had to have come from him. Like, it had to have come from him. I don't see that being in the script. Like, for instance, he does um, he does BJJ. He does Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu in the movie. And uh, he does breathing exercises, and not yoga, but like breathing exercises and stuff with a heart monitor to keep his his anger under wraps. Mm-hmm. It just felt like weird, weird shit that like late two thousands Ed Norton would think would be cool. Yeah. that should be in the movie or something because <laughs> it it just didn't jive with the rest of the movie. Um, and also the the motivation. I'm kind of curious, actually, if Tim Roth is going to show up again in the Marvel Universe at some point, because he is not dead. At the conclusion of the film, he is choked out, but he is not dead, and he is a character by the name of Abomination. He is Hulk-level strong. If we need someone to punch Thanos, (laughs) I mean, if you're desperate, maybe you could point him in the right direction. But the motivations for his character were just shallow at best. Um... He's, he's just like 
on the drugs and is kind of power mad, I guess. He goes power crazy. But it doesn't it just again, it's that that uh, that big loud climax that all these superhero movies need to have that it sometimes just doesn't feel warranted. In this case it's a Hulk movie, so of course he has to get into a fist fight with a big big monster. Yeah. It has to happen. It has to happen. But the way we get there is extremely rushed. Like inside of like thirty seconds, uh Tim Roth goes from looking kinda spooky and cracked out to giant monster guy remember, with bony, bony protrusions. I remember that scene. I've seen like bits and pieces of the Eric Bana and Ed Norton Hulk movies, Yeah, but I my recall is just splicing the two together, but I do remember that. Uh, and then they, they also set up another villain who, to date, has yet to pay off. Um, it was uh, Samuel Stearns, the, the leader. He's, he's basically smart Hulk oh. with, a, with a Hitler mustache. Um, he's played by the guy that's in all those Coen Brothers movies. Oh, um, um, he was in Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? And he's yeah. on. He's he's the guy that they put front and center on that. Uh, Buster uh, Scraggs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I, I know you're talking I about. Don't know his name off the Tim, top of my head, but he, Tim Blake Nelson. Yeah, I think okay. so. I think it's Tim Blake Nelson. Um, he uh, he was set up at the end of the movie. There has yet to be a payoff. I don't know that there ever will be. <laughs> but yeah, to me, The Incredible Hulk is it's messy. It doesn't really deliver on any front for the most part. The casting is just... It's just not great. Like, Ed, Ed Norton is fine. He's not amazing. He's fine. Liv Tyler was just like, we need a lady. <laughs> yeah, like, right. Like, we just need a lady. Doesn't A lady. Doesn't really matter who. Um, the, one, the one element that, uh, funny enough, stuck around for the other films... The one element uh, was William Hurt, and that was a major get because I happen to really like William Hurt, and I feel like he did a very good job with the role. Although Sam Elliott kind of kicked his ass uh, in the Eric Bana Hulk, same character, different actor, mm. and Sam Elliott as a fucking general, yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, <laughs> with a bushy gray mustache. It doesn't really get better than that. I'm sorry. I like how the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies were successful, and then they're like, well, let's keep doing this. And then the the two other Spider-Man movies, The Amazing Spider-Man, nobody liked. And they're like, fuck. Okay, they let's try this bad. again. Kyle, have you seen those? No. I haven't seen they're, one of them. They're, they're very bad. I could believe it. I don't, like Spider- <laughs> I don't really like Spider-Man. Uh, I haven't even seen Homecoming. I've heard it's really good. I just haven't watched it. Well, the funny thing about Spider-Man is that I feel like kid it it's simple math. Kids like Spider-Man. Yeah. It, this is known. Like kids all over the planet love Spider-Man. It's just a thing that it's it just works. But for me, what's always been funny with my relationship with Spider-Man is that I grew up in a time when the comics being written about Spider-Man were confusing and awful <laughs> and he was an adult. Um, he was married when I was reading the comics. So yeah. I've, like, there was a lot of, like, fan uproar and outrage about, uh, like, oh, we need to get Spider-Man back to being a, a teenager because he's always supposed to be a teenager. It's like, not to me. <laughs> like, to me, he, he had MJ, like, waiting for him at home yeah. all the time. He's and a Spider-Man. Yeah, Spider-Man. <laughs> man, not boy, man. So yeah, when uh, 
when Homecoming came out, everybody was like, ah, we finally got our kid Spider-Man back. And it's like, I never asked for this. <laughs> like, I didn't want so, this. Because to me, that's actually what's what's actually turned me off from, from Spider-Man in recent years, is that I don't care about teenagers. No. I don't want to hear teenage stories, because nope. I can't relate to that anymore. <laughs> No, Hell, it, I couldn't relate to that when I was in high school. <laughs> is it Aunt May now played by, uh... Oh, what's her name? Marissa Tomei. Yes. Yeah. Could you pick anybody less ant-like? <laughs> I mean, jeez. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, it is kind of cute the way they, they point out that, like, Aunt May is a, absurdly hot. <laughs> yeah, crazy hot. <laughs> She has a opening sex scene with Philip Seymour Hoffman in uh, "Before the Devil Knows You're Dead." Whew! It, uh, it's huh? it's no bad lieutenant, but I mean it's uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 pretty good. Um, okay. So yeah, I don't remember a minute of Ant Man. That's how much I didn't like it. Like I could not uh, care less about. Well, first of all, Paul Rudd is stoner comedy. Like that's that that's what I've always associated him with is like the Seth Rogen movies. Uh, he's funny. I think he's funny. Uh, uh, what is that? Wanderlust is good. Um, role models. Uh, he's a funny guy. Uh, he was good in forgetting Sarah Marshall. Also, he was good. Yeah, yeah. He has <laughs> he, he he has a place. Yeah, and, just, just to just to pull a quote from that movie. They call me Q New. <laughs> it's like what does that have some sort of deep Hawaiian meeting? Chris, <laughs> it means Chuck or something like that. Yeah, uh, he he to me, Paul Rudd is a guy. Yeah, like he's who you cast if you want a normal, relatable, late thirties, early forties guy. Because he has that look to him where it's just like he just looks like a nice guy. There's a really <laughs> there's a really funny joke uh, Joe McHale has in that TV show Community, and somebody mentions Paul Rudd, and he's like. Or somebody's, they're talking about religion. He's like, religion is a lot like Paul Rudd to me. He's like, I get it. I wouldn't want to take it away from anybody, but I'm not going to stand in line for it. <laughs> that's, like it. damn. Yeah. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Because yeah, that's how I feel. It's like, hang on, Paul Rudd is headlining this film? Right. What? Okay. Put Michael Douglas on the poster. Fuck. Yeah, that's better. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I think they were like, well, we need somebody else charismatic like Robert Downey Jr. They're like, oh, Paul Rudd, he's charismatic. They're like, eh... Jason, and Jason Bateman isn't fit enough to... Uh, he's also he, a prick. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's good, though. I love Jason Bateman. Um, he, he's he's a very specialized tool. Mm. Like, like, the Gift? Have you seen The Gift? I have. Yeah, that's... He, yeah, no, he's he is very, very, very good at what he does, yeah. but if you ask him to do other things, you're going to be disappointed. Uh, but Paul Rudd, to me, yeah, he's... 40-year-old virgin, for instance. Yeah. He's funny in it. Very funny. Anchorman. He's funny. Very but funny. But guess, guess where he falls in that, that list in terms of cast. He's yeah. he's a supporting actor. Yeah. And to me, that's that's forever his role. <laughs> like, um, Already, on, he was in... Uh, Already a Brother is, was, was good. I like that. Was he in the This is 40? Yeah, that's funny, too. Okay, see, I haven't seen that. That's but I Of those... Judd Apatow, uh, Apatow, whatever you want to call him, um, comedy mm-hmm. movies. That's pretty good. Like I, I'd say that's well, pretty. That's high the up one there. that seemed very autobiographical. <laughs> it it's it's supposed to be the characters from Forty Year Old Virgin, 
not not forty year old virgin. Uh, knocked up. It's the the two characters from Knocked Up. Yeah, but isn't that like his wife and his daughters? That's his wife and daughters. But yeah, he's, <laughs> Jesus, uh, that's a little re- weird. It's really funny. Okay, funny kids, people. go hang out with Fake Dad <laughs> funny while pe- I watch behind this camera. <laughs> funny people was one of the worst things I've ever seen. I hated every minute of it. It's pretty awful. It's a it's an ugly movie. It's like, stupid, it's nasty. But you, Eric you, Bana. I was gonna say Eric you Bana, and I man. love the Eric Bana. <laughs> Eric Bana is part. is a blessing unto that film. That Other fucker than that, that yeah. fucker. <laughs> <laughs> little fucker, little fucker runs up, big fucker smashes him, oh, <laughs> smashes funny. him. <laughs> I would love to get drunk with him and have him explain the rules of rugby. That would be a lot of fun. Oh uh, my my uh, my my old roommate uh, like watched a documentary that he made. Oh really? Apparently, he's one of those actors that. Uh, he acts like almost strictly to finance his car habit. Oh, as, as you'll see, he's not an amazing actor. He's just no. a fairly good-looking Aussie. Yeah, that has some physicality and can fit into most roles. Yeah. Um, but yeah, apparently his real passion is cars, and he refers to his car as his beast. <laughs> his um, beast. So there's this. There's this line that uh, my roommate used to toss out there. My my mates and my beast <laughs> like that's the two things he cares about that's weird his mates and his beast um but yeah ant-man i see i remember the first one mostly there's some holes there but i, rem- I remember it ant-man and the wasp <laughs> just <gone>. nothing <laughs> i can't remember shit about it all i know is uh that first ant-man movie um, i'm sure you heard about this it had a troubled production history i did not Okay, well, bef- like, I think very, very late, maybe even into production, maybe not, but uh, Edgar Wright was tapped to direct it, and Edgar Wright being the Shaun of the Dead guy, the Baby Driver guy, the Hot Fuzz guy, he's, he's a very talented British director um, who has a very distinct style. So this is where the tinfoil hat theory st- stuff starts to come into play, where the the rumor was that he was kicked off the project because of creative differences with Marvel. I can see in, that. In that he has creative instincts yeah. <laughs> and wanted to put his own spin on things. Uh, whereas they're looking at the big picture of how does Ant-Man bleed into the next film and the next film and the next film. Yeah, we have to make we money here. The, yeah, we, we don't want one sore spot in in our filmography we want everything to be consistent not not outstanding just consistent and he strikes me as the kind of guy who would have given them something radically different which does not fit the marvel mold but so what happened was they swapped him out for someone i don't even remember their name in fact i'm gonna have to look it up because uh as far as i know he's mostly a hired gun who um, was Ant-Man for? That that's the the thing I have. That about. is a very good question, Kyle. Because Guardians of the Galaxy, <laughs> like Guardians of the Galaxy, could be for kids or adults. Um, Thor, I'm going to say more adults. Cap or Civil, uh, what's his face? Uh, Captain America, adults. Tony Stark, Iron Man, that's kids. Spider Man, kids. Um, Ant-Man, but, I think, was aimed at kids. Uh, really. He yeah. doesn't even have a cool... But that's the thing. He doesn't have a cool suit. His powers aren't that great. And he's... Well... I mean, there's nothing interesting about his character. Like, about the Ant-Man character. Like, Tony Stark, well, billionaire, a, Thor, God. The, the main thing that they've been leaning on with his character 
and this extends to Ant-Man and the Wasp also, is he's a divorced father. And that's oh. that's 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 what separates him from the pack. I just fell asleep. He's a guy, he's a guy with now. a checkered past who's trying to make up for past sins, and he has a little girl that he's forever trying to hold on to, but kind of sucks at it. Point, point is, he has a family that he's estranged from. Um, which, you know, I can appreciate that, because that is unique. Like, we don't have any other characters in that universe that have that particular set of circumstances. That's fucking boring. Um, it, it is boring, um, but you need to remember also, though, uh, what, 25, 30 years ago, there was a little movie called Honey, I Shrunk the Kids? Yeah. Also a Disney film. Made them a lot of money back then. And it, this is like a spiritual successor to that, as far as I can tell. And a lot of the stuff, especially towards the climax involving his daughter and, like, the, the toys and stuff that felt very, you know, kid-friendly. Although some of the violence in the movie is shocking. Like, can... when when uh, when the bad guy, the guy from New York, when he, uh, evil Jeff Bezos, oh, <laughs> uh, when he turns the one guy into goo, oh, my God, that's awful. That's just that is just awful. And by the way, Ant Man, both one and two, directed by a fellow by the name of Peyton Reed. <laughs> he directed Bring It On, uh, Yes Man, and oh, this is actually a very good film, The Breakup. So he has only like five or six films on his on his filmography. Uh, very very strange set of films there, but point is he got slotted in there because edgar wright got got nixed from the program but yeah ant-man and the wasp but fuck i can't remember much about it i remember michael douglas is always welcome like he he lights oh, yeah. up the screen whenever he's there uh michelle pfeiffer too like that was a nice that was a nice little surprise it was like hi lady it's been a while <laughs> <laughs> The thing that bothered me about both of those movies um, is that there's a clear disconnect between the the dialogue scenes and the special effects scenes. Mm. Um, it almost feels like a different director or a different unit took over whenever the special effects kicked into gear because the energy level is radically different. Like the the shots and the editing during all the dialogue scenes is very standard stuff. It feels very flat, very boring. Mm-hmm. But then we go into like all the miniature scenes and stuff, and all the action scenes, and it it, it suddenly springs to life, and even the color palette changes <laughs> radically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, very similar. Where it's like, oh shit, it's time yeah. to wake up. <laughs> but it just feels like a not a very cohesive film. Um, both of them, in fact, and the villains in both of them are some of the flattest we get in the entirety of marvel which is saying a lot because the marvel villains in fact superhero villains in recent days have not been the best although marvel's starting to clean up their act ever since like the whole thanos business but um yeah ant-man 